0: Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan!
1: Hello! I hope you're ready. Okay, quick planning sesh. Let's just restart the recording. Uh, we got to figure out what we're doing for 500, because I know there's been a lot of jokes thrown around. Um, a lot of Skyrims. I've heard a lot of a lot of Sky terms you know skyward sword skyrim <laughs> is that the anniversary for 10 years is, is sky is i that
0: mean a- like there there is a 10 year anniversary of skyrim and i'm gonna say i'm actually pretty proud of myself because i own skyrim on like xbox like yeah. originally And I haven't actually purchased it on another platform since. So if I bought the 10th anniversary version of Skyrim, like on my PC, I wouldn't actually feel bad about that.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I think I looked into the anniversary collection a little bit. And to my understanding, it is pretty much the same as the special edition that came out a few years ago. It just has um, sort of a collection of mods that they've built into the game. Um, I haven't, I haven't looked at, into it much past that. Like, I don't even know if like the anniversary 10 year edition is like worth getting if we're just going to do like a quick check in on Skyrim. Um, but it would be interesting, uh, but it,
0: I lied. You already <laughs> bought it. I have the uh, Elder. I have the special edition.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> From 2016. Oops. I mean, if you owned it on Steam, I think it was a free upgrade. But I think you have to pay for the anniversary this another anniversary edition that just came out which I think is uh I think the price to upgrade is 20 bucks
0: as of 2013 I also had Elder Scrolls Skyrim so I probably bought it on a Steam sale yeah like you did So I lied I didn't mean to lie I just (laughs) like they're not installed and I have no play time so
1: (laughs) hey maybe uh I I think like if you look at the beginning of the gamers in skyrim is obviously a, a big deal
0: oh god yeah. i think it dominated our first like 10 to 15 episodes like yeah <laughs> it so, was just there was always like skyrim updates
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah i, I mean yeah. i i wouldn't mind um like throwing it on and playing through the 10th anniversary edition
1: yeah for I the 500th
0: episode we're five weeks away so guys if you want to tell us the kind of content you want to see on our 500th episode, our 10-year anniversary, uh, then head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord or hit us up on Twitter and let us know what your ideas are. Um, we're, we're totally down for the jokes, but if you have some serious stuff that you'd like to see us cover, then, uh, then let us know. Or we could just do a regular episode and pretend nothing special is happening.
1: Yeah. Well, only been a decade. Yeah, (laughs) only a decade. We don't. We don't have to do anything special, but we could just record an. Like you said, record an episode. That'd be fine. Um, I think. Like what we want to get away from is forcing Jocelyn to go back to Skyward Sword yet again. Yeah, um, I thought
0: you were going to say you're forcing Jocelyn to play some kind of Halo.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Although there's a new Halo coming out in December. so
0: Right? That's what I'm saying. And I was like, I know that there's going to be some sort of Joss has to play Halo game no. jokes, too. There's been so many over the years, but I think it's I feel I, like... I'm
1: not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> I had my chance and I'm pretty sure you were a good sport about it because I think you played like all the halos leading up to I played four.
0: all the halos I played one a week yeah. <laughs> leading up to halo 4
1: <laughs> yeah that was, it was brutal it was, was, was a bad
0: idea <laughs> it was a bumpy
1: road to halo 4 I could tell you that <laughs> it,
0: was, it was but yes yeah, so again if you guys have any ideas for episode 500 please do let us know um so in super exciting Joss news I got a PS5 <laughs>
1: what so you should do something on the PS5 for a 500th episode do you think I'll have it by then
0: <laughs> um I'm not sure I think it said like seven to ten business days for shipping. So, I mean, it should be here in time because we're still five weeks away from the 500th episode. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really uh, you know what would also be really cool for the 500th episode would be like uh, making each of us play like the big games we've missed over the last like 10 years, because I feel like The PlayStation 5 is just like bringing this to my mind right now. But like, I didn't play God of War. I didn't play Last of Us or Last of Us 2. Like, there's some pretty big things that I feel like I've missed. And I'm sure there's, I mean, Ryan plays like everything. But Mm. I'm sure there's probably some things on the list that we could get Ryan to play too. That might be a cool idea. Anyways, yeah, I got a PlayStation 5. And I've been trying for like months. (laughs) Like ever since they announced the um, Horizon Forbidden West uh, Collector's Edition. And they didn't announce some sort of, like, collector's console bundle or, like, a a controller or anything like that. Like, all the stuff I was looking for, I basically wanted, like, a Horizon-branded PS5, and that wasn't a thing. And because of all the supply issues that both the PlayStation and the Xbox are still dealing with a year in, um, I can totally understand why they're not, you know making any special edition bundles because they're barely able to make the normal ones so it kind of makes sense but uh yeah so ever since i saw the the collector's edition be announced and having like no console no special consoles or anything else i was like okay i'm gonna start now trying to get the playstation 5 because i want to make sure that i have a console in time for february and that was like i want to say like four or five months ago <laughs> that those collector's editions were announced and also sold out in like two minutes because I didn't get a collector's edition of Horizon either. It's so frustrating, honestly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I finally yesterday got a PS5 and the only way I managed it because these things were selling out so fast, which is kind of funny because I've helped at least two, if not three friends buy them like over the like previous six to eight months that I was like, yeah, whenever I want one, I'll just get one. (laughs) And I've had so much trouble and I think it's because it's like leading into Christmas. But uh, the only way I got it is because it was available from Costco and you had to have a membership to buy it. So like, I don't have a membership. We used to, but we never used it. So we canceled it. So I literally like had it in my cart and it's like, enter membership number. And I was like, no. And then I was like, my mom has a membership. So I called her, I'm like, mom, I need your Costco number now. And she's like, what is going on? I'm like, just give me the number.
1: There's no time (laughs) to ask questions, mom.
0: I'm like, I'll explain it after I hit the pay button. (laughs) Just give me the number. She was like, okay, it's this. I was like, okay, I got it. Okay, so here's why I needed that. And thank you very much. And I love you. And here's my sweet voice now.
1: <laughs> yeah well i'm I'm glad you finally were able to pick one up because i know it has been tough and they they are selling out very very fast and i think we're getting up to the point where they're going to be running out of their holiday stock and um yeah so that's good you grab one because uh you probably wouldn't have been able to get one until Right up, uh, you know, probably mid-January, if not February. And I know... Uh, I was
0: going to say, you know, like, I was starting to get really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to play Forbidden West, and that was just going to make me cry. I was literally... So one of the friends that I helped get a PlayStation way back in February, because uh, his his wife wanted to get it for him for Valentine's Day. So I was helping her to find one and i was like okay they live about half an hour away i'm like i'm gonna go to his house and just take it like he has three kids what are the chances he's actually using it like <laughs> I'm Not as just often. steal it yeah exactly i'm just gonna steal it i'm gonna play forbidden west in like a weekend and then i'll just take it back and he'll probably never even notice
1: <laughs> that's a safe bet but you know yeah. now you don't have to do that and uh
0: yeah, and I yeah. am excited because, like I said, there's a lot of things to play on the PlayStation. And, uh, I mean, I didn't play God of War, and I um, want to replay Horizon Zero Dawn. I started to play it on the PC. And I just, um, I want to play the PS5 update just because uh, my computer is just not really powerful enough to run that game in the way that I would like it to be run. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's just going to be better on the PS5, so... There's lots of stuff I'm looking forward to playing on there. I ended up having to get a bundle because Costco, but uh, it had two controllers, which is great because that means Matt and I can play stuff together. And it also had Ratchet and Clank. And I know you played Ratchet and Clank and it was a two thumbs up thing, right?
1: Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I love that game. I think that uh, you and Matt will really enjoy it. It is um, I don't like it doesn't feel like a lot of games that uh that you've discussed on the show but i think from the standpoint of like playing through um a pixar-esque experience of look and feel but also like the characters the writing but you're just running around shooting different kind of like cartoonish guns and taking out cartoonish you know bosses and enemies and stuff it's just it's it's light and fluffy but there's also like grenades and laser beams so like it's it's a good combination i think it's a good laid-back sort of experience and has a has a good story and fem shep voices one of the characters in the game uh jennifer hale so you'll you'll enjoy that you'll be getting real uh mass effect vibes i think as you're running around as a Lombax. um (laughs) i'm surprised (laughs) they didn't throw in like a like a extra large tub of coleslaw because it's costco right like they got to get they got to get all the combos in there, right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. At least you only got two controllers in, in, in and in a cool game. I and just... a half
0: decent game. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. honestly, if it came with the crappiest game of life, I wouldn't even care because I just <laughs> wanted my hands on that console. I ended up getting the one with the disc because, again, that's what was available. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just not getting picky at this point. <laughs>
1: the, outside of aesthetics from the, the, the disc version of the PlayStation 5, I think it is the best value. Because it just allows you to pick and choose how you buy your games. Like I know a lot of people, like myself included, like to go digital. But sometimes when there's a sale, like I'd I'd rather save the extra thirty to forty dollars by buying, um, buying physical discs. Sometimes I know there are discrepancies between digital and, and disc sales. Like uh, I picked up Guardians of the Galaxy, the the new game that just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, for like half price 40 bucks and that's physical and then digital it's like i think 50 some so again there is that difference and over time it's going to pay for itself because i know the uh, the disc version is more expensive um but yeah like you're you're going to be set like if there's a lot of games you missed on the playstation 4 uh if you subscribe to playstation plus you get access to the playstation plus collection which does have god of war um horizon you already own but um, a lot of other experiences, I think, including the original last of us and there's probably a couple which other,
0: technically I own because the original last of us came with my PlayStation four. Yeah. Um, so it's I, <laughs> I got a code, I got a code and like added it to my account. Oh. So I'm assuming that my account carries forward onto oh, my yes. new machine. So, I mean, I should be able to to play it on the PS five. Should I choose to, which again, If that's something you guys want to hear about, (laughs) then let us know in our Discord about ideas for episode 500. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, you know what? I'll get ahead of the Discord, and I'll put my vote, which counts as, like, more than one because I'm a co-host on the show. But Discord, also, I want to know what you think. Uh, God of War, that's my vote. I think that is a good um, return to play. It's got an amazing PlayStation 5 update obviously, if someone else has ideas that that, uh, that sound better than that. But I think God of War is a good balance of a game you haven't played, and also not punishing J- Jocelyn with some games she does not want to play for episode 500. I think God of War is a good, uh, a good return, and it has an amazing upgrade. And as for what I'll play, I have no idea. I know there's been some games running around, and there's some sales running now. So like, I think now is a good time to start suggesting games we missed because chances are they are on sale. So, um I do want to I do want to hear uh about those ideas. So, I know we've had a few posted in Discord. I think one of them for me was like 13 Sentinels, um which was a PlayStation 4 game, which is a uh another anime game, so we'll see how that goes. I've got a lot of those on my plate right now. <laughs> so we'll see uh how that goes but uh yeah i want to i want to hear what uh, the ideas are for 500 because honestly like if we just play skyrim again i feel like we already did that but i feel like everyone's already done that
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's fair (laughs) uh so so what have you been playing this week if you're not playing skyrim
1: (laughs) i'm not playing skyrim i didn't want to sound like a not playing skyrim uh you know but but um yeah, I'm not playing Skyrim. But I am playing a game that is currently available on Game Pass, and I know there was a comment like Ryan shilling for Game Pass. But it's such an amazing um pass because I don't ha I only have to pay for it and I don't feel bad trying games. It's very expensive to try games these days when they cost ninety dollars at launch. Uh so I played uh Forza Horizon five and it's funny because I felt like Horizon Four had just come out and i guess it came out three years ago so that that shows what i know um so they have this new one that's come out it's on game pass it is a series x slash s exclusive experience i don't believe it's on xbox one um i'm pretty sure it's a it's a current generation exclusive
0: i think it is because i'm pretty sure like uh, all the new tech stuff that they talked about i think is only on the series x i think
1: yeah, 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 for sure. And there is like, um, there's like a performance mode, and there's a quality mode, so you can choose that. I've opted for performance because I think when it comes to a racing game, especially when you're not very good at steering in racing games, uh, you want to have that 60 frames per second on, on your side. So, uh, but I I think what makes, it's kind of funny, like I, I remember playing Forza Horizon 4 and I had the same experience where I just, I really liked it because it's an arcade experience. Um, it has that simulation look. If you were were to walk in and, and see someone racing properly and not like driving across the fields and, and running into fences and, and coming to a complete stop and, <laughs> as you hit a house or a, a, a specific type of tree. Um, I love destructible environments where everything's destructible until it isn't. And <laughs> you're, you're going like 300 miles an hour and all of a sudden you hit that one tree that's just, just thick enough that they didn't uh, design it to be to be rammed through, <laughs> it's just like 300 to zero in no time. Um, those, <laughs> those cars have like weight to them. So like when they stop, they just kind of like, it's it's like, it's just, just bumps into it and, it does, and that nothing else happens. So it's like, it is simulation in look and and sometimes in feel, but like not to the extent where you feel as though you're being punished when you're racing or even like flying off the road or, or, or just happen to like, you know, take your wheel off the road a little bit. There is some leeway there. And I think that's where I really like it is that it really doesn't feel punishing to race cuz I'm not somebody who really wants to get into the nitty-gritty of of racing games. And I know there are the Gran Turismos out there. Um there's even Forza Motorsport, which is of the same sort of I would like series or franchise. Um and I've played those. And I'm just not very good at them. I, I just, I, I find I, and I don't find the fun in like trying to be a perfect driver. I'm the kind of person who's just like, okay, how do I take this turn and ram into all the other racers so that I don't have to stop, <laughs> you know? And and that's why my Drivatar- like <laughs> Mario Kart. A hundred percent, exactly. So it very much feels like if they took Mario Kart and applied it to a simulation racer, And set it in this huge open world it's set in mexico uh horizon four was set in the uk five is set in mexico so it has that that uh those locales and um you know that that feel of mexico and they really it feels really good and i'm glad we got like i know four was in the uk that felt like it worked really well and i i like that they've shifted it over to mexico because again like They've done a really good job at capturing it and, and sort of portraying it and I've, I've had a lot of fun racing through and there's just so many different locales and um, areas so you're racing through like jungles and cities and um, countrysides it's just it's really cool so it's a huge open world that you can race from point A to point like one end to the other I actually did a race that was like literally a loop around the whole map it took like 20 minutes um, <laughs> so that was interesting
0: that's like really cool idea to be able to kind of see all the different areas and all the different environments like even though it was a 20 minute like lap yeah. still that's that's really interesting
1: it really showcased sort of all the environments that they've designed here so you know there's also like um you know ancient temples that you can race through like more like uh, ancient ruins and stuff that you're you're going through and uh there's just so much that you can explore in the game and i think like alongside that arcade feel and obviously the best part is that like you can rewind whenever you want like if you make the slightest mistake or or ram into a a a tree made of gosh like reinforced hurricane proof steel or whatever um you can just you can hit the y button and it just it rewinds everything it just pulls your car back (laughs) <laughs> and you can just does
0: it actually like go in reverse yes. so like your car uncrumples and stuff?
1: Well, uh I think the damage reverses the damage is mostly cosmetic. Um so there is damage and I remember like, you know, back in the day, racing games were not allowed to have damage. There were it was you know, car companies were like, No, there's no way. Even if you ran into the side, you're not even showing a scratch on our car. Um but now it's gotten a lot better and it's it's more in line with the type of game they're trying to do. So like You've got the burnouts, the need for speeds of the world, where I think they do implement damage into the gameplay, where it affects your driving. Uh, Grand Theft Auto had that, although I think Grand Theft Auto, they have their own cars. Um, But in Horizon, it's more cosmetic. So you're having cracked windshields, you're having broken bumpers, that sort of thing. But it's not impacting the gameplay. It's purely cosmetic. Uh, But yes, when you do rewind, it just reverses everything. And and the, the cosmetic damage is reversed as well. But that basically allows you, like, if you take a wrong turn or, you know, in typical driving fashion, if you just happen to be trying to hit one of the challenges and a car is, you know, you don't see the car coming up uh, and you rear end or or hit that car, you can rewind and try again. Um, One of the specific challenges I was doing was, you know, uh, I think it was drive down the road as fast as you can with getting so many. uh, close calls or whatever so obviously that led to a lot of uh you know actual uh calls that I had to Yeah, rewind.
0: not close calls but actual calls yeah. as in call the
1: tow truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again it like, gets very like silly in nature like the whole game is presented as like we've basically shut down this area of Mexico so we can run this huge silly um racing tournament the, the Horizon tournament and like everywhere they they run it as like this festival and you're doing these, I think one of the, and, and this is the other thing I really love about it is that it, it doesn't take itself seriously and it presents itself as sort of like a, like a an adventure car game. Like it's got a narrative to it. You're doing missions with characters that have voiced lines and they're saying like, Hey, I need you to drive this float up to the festival. So you're like driving this giant parade float and you're actually going through the parade. And then, like, after the parade, you're like, let's go take it off a jump. So th- that was, like, part of the mission. Well, yeah, that's what you always do with stuff like that. Take it off, sweet jumps! <laughs> exactly. And you take it off this huge jump, and it's fine. Like, you land... Again, like, it's super silly. Like, when you, when you take this giant parade float off a jump, like, you, you think you know what's going to happen, but no, when you land it after, like, going 300 feet or whatever it you just land perfectly normal nothing happens to the the water floats made out of like paper mache like uh like
0: yeah like not materials that should withstand any kind of impact <laughs> they're made for literally a day moving at like four kilometers an hour <laughs> yeah
1: and i think like when you were doing the parade you had to go like 20 miles an hour or less it capped you but then once you were like Let's go take it off a sweet jump mode. It's suddenly going like 200 miles an hour. And I'm like, what?
0: I really hope that's what it's called. (laughs) Take it off sweet jumps mode.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's what it felt like. It was very much like a hard turn. It's like, all right, okay. Like, I totally thought the novelty of of driving a parade float was fun. But now, let's take it to the next level and let's go take it off a sweet jump. And uh, Right. This is Forza. This is not Need for Speed (laughs) because...
0: I feel like capping you at 20 miles an hour does not fit in a game called need for speed. No,
1: this is very much uh, like it's fun. Like the whole thing is fun. And I mean, even if you're not into racing games, I feel like if you have game pass, this is the perfect jump in and try it. Like I was even playing it and like Ashley came into the room and she's like, you don't play racing games. I'm like, no, I <laughs> I really don't. She was like, honestly, like surprised. And I, I said, like, I don't usually play racing games, but. For some reason, Horizon is just like a, I think I even said this when we talked about Horizon 4, it's like an adult Mario Kart, even though it's totally fine to play Mario Kart as an adult. I 100% am that person. But like, if you're looking for just a fun racing game that has that Mario Kart feel, Horizon 5 really has it. And, And I mean, if you have a Series X, really, there's nothing out there that has really tested it and this game is really pushing the console it looks beautiful it runs amazing and again you're gonna have that fun with it and there's so much choice when you're in there so for example like they have street racing you know um dirt rally uh cross country um pr stunts they call it so the stunts are like the little map challenges around where it's like speed challenges and drifting challenges and stuff like that you can pick which ones you want and you earn like horizon XP that unlocks the next milestone of like, okay um, you've gotten 6,000 XP. You can start the next event. And when you get that sort of um, point or whatever, you can put it into any challenge you want. So say I want more challenges on the map. So I'll put it into the PR stunts. I want more uh, dirt rally racing. Let's put it in there. So like, it's all up to you in terms of choice of what you want to do. Like, you're not being punished for, for not going after the street racing stuff. It's not like saying, like, hey, you've done a lot of these challenges. Now you got to go over here and do this. Like, you can ignore that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. I love that they have these story beats and these characters that are, like, persistent throughout the game. And, um, yeah, the the radio DJs are, are super annoying sometimes, but they you're doing all these challenges that often they are reacting to something you just did, like the parade float thing. There was like a fun back and forth after that. So they will like, it's dynamic dialogue where they are often commenting on something you just did, like a race or an event or whatever. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. Again, like if you're looking for a racing game, you just want to get in and have fun and you have the Series X and you're looking for something to do. Like, even if you're not into racing games, like the only thing you're, you're doing is, is is downloading the game and checking this out i think it's it's worth it just from the perspective of um uh just seeing how beautiful it is and it's forgiving like if you're worried about it being you know too simulation it's it is very much an arcade racer they literally like uh the thing i also like about fort says they like draw a line on the on the uh and i think a lot of racing games do this they draw a line on the road and it's like kind of the best path and it's color coded it'll tell you if you need to brake so it's if it's red like you know you need to slam on the brake and then it goes yellow to blue so blue means like you can take this turn just fine at the speed you're going and that for me is like exactly what I want i want to know exactly how fast i should be going exactly when i should be braking um that sort of stuff so it's it's got the right amount of features in there that that make it a, a racing game that i can at, at my mario kart levels can enjoy so I recommend it for sure.
0: That's awesome. I mean, like, it's not the the type of title you would normally play. So uh, it's really cool that game, game Pass allows you to, like, have that kind of flexibility and experience. And I know, like, whatever you can call this, Game Pass shills all you want. But the point <laughs> is um, it lets us try these kind of um, really expensive AAA experiences without having to shell out 90 bucks because, like, I mean, I know you're probably in the same boat like I never would have paid full price for this thing and tried it like technically I still haven't tried it. But the point is like one of the two of us tried it and neither one of us would have without Game Pass. So I think they're doing uh, really cool stuff over there. And I'm I'm glad it's a thing that exists because like and a thing that exists in a way that is bringing value because we've seen lots of these subscriptions like in gaming. But it seems like Game Pass is the first one that I feel like I have to check every week. Like there's mm-hmm. there's constantly something new and something new that I that I want to poke at and try out.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, the thing I and this has just been my feeling, I could be wrong and, and I, I want to hear what people's thoughts are on this. But I feel like Game Pass hasn't been that, um you know, that depressing moment. And it's like, oh, I just bought that now it's on Game Pass. I feel like it's pretty predictable <laughs> in that. You... It is. And
0: I've had those moments, but it's I do it to myself. I forget to check Game Pass. <laughs> well, I go buy different. it somewhere else. And then, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I like, go look
0: and I'm like, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think more what I'm thinking is like, you know, if you're uh, if you're if you are um, sort of checking it week to week and you're you're following like the Xbox Game Pass, you know, on, on Twitter and stuff, you you kind of see those releases coming. Like, I think the big releases are being added day one. And if it's added down the road, it it feels long enough out that uh that you don't feel surprised when it's added. Like I think of um was it Outriders, I think, was like a game that it got added day one, and I feel like that's that's something that you could I don't find myself saying that oh I'll wait for it to come on Game Pass, like I'm not gonna buy it because I'll wait for it to come on Game Pass. Like I'm usually fine I feel safe like buying like Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I feel safe buying that one. You know, on a sale, which was what I was looking for. I feel safe buying that within the first six months to a year. Like Avengers got added after after a year. That I don't feel bad about having bought. I wouldn't have even felt bad about buying that game like six months after it came out. I know it it saw some pretty drastic sales, but like I think that uh, I could again. I could be wrong, but I think that I haven't been caught off guard by something coming to Game Pass. I feel like they really curate their collection in a way that that feels upfront. And then when stuff is added, it's kind of like this game's been out long enough where you might not feel as though, especially if you waited for a sale, you feel like, ah, well, I own it. And I don't feel like I've been sort of um, hurt by it coming to Game Pass with for like, quote unquote, mm-hmm. free if I'm already subscribed. But yeah. I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm missing some examples. Um, but I think Game Pass has it's it's more of an upfront service like you. You see what's coming, and you you download it. And usually, when stuff is coming out down the road, it's like, oh yeah, it's hit that point in its life cycle, and you can kind of you can kind of somewhat predict it. Like they're they're sort of predictable in that way. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I do like Game Pass for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I played something this week that unfortunately was not on Game Pass, but uh, still, I mean. I'm going to pay for this franchise every single time. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 came out uh, a little bit earlier in the month, actually. I was a few weeks late on this. But um, it is a continuation of the Jurassic World Evolution, uh, like kind of like the first game. And it takes place after the most recent Jurassic World movie. So Mm -hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was when the volcano exploded on the island and they had to... Well, uh, they brought in... um, What's his name? Owen, uh, played by Chris Pratt, and I think Claire, who is uh, Bryce Dallas... Dallas Dallas Howard, Howard, I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, They brought the two of them in as, like, experts to help them evacuate the island, thinking they were taking them to a nature preserve, but then, oh, no! It turned into this, like... We're going to sell them as weapons to rich people. (laughs) And so um, that obviously went wrong. And so all of the animals that were brought to the mainland escaped. So it was basically, I'm trying to remember which one it was. There was one of the Jurassic Park's. I think was it the second one, maybe Lost World, where they brought the T-Rex over and then the T-Rex got like loose in L.A. and like destroyed yeah. the the town before they could get a hold of him. Yeah, it was like that, but on steroids because they they released everything.
1: Yeah, essentially um, like dinosaurs are here now. Deal with it. So
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it takes place in that dinosaurs are here now deal with it world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not just confined to the island, which Jurassic World Evolution, you were on the island like that was it. So um, they've got this campaign, which is basically the tutorial or at least so far. It's it's very, very handholdy. And it's like, okay, do this. Now do this. And we're going to highlight the button and give you exactly enough money to buy the thing that you need. Like, it's very handholdy. And you... So, like, the very first scenario, like, you're in Arizona. You're not, like, out somewhere. And you have to basically, like build a pen and capture the animals. And I'm like, I hope this isn't spoiling the next movie for me too much. Like, is the Department of Fish and Wildlife just gonna try to catch all the dinosaurs? Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh Chris Pratt. He dons a uh federal uh uniform and he just goes around uh sighting people and capturing dinosaurs and stuff. Uh I, I Funny think- enough, Chris Pratt does not do the voice work in Jurassic
0: World. Yeah. I
1: thought was that was his thing now.
0: Yeah, no, they got uh, they they used his face, okay, uh, but it's not his voice, and but they did get um 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 Ian Malcolm um oh my God Jeff Goldblum Jeff, thank you. I was like, this is so bad that I'm blanking on this name. <laughs> and they got uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as well to do the their voice acting. They just didn't get Chris Pratt, and I was like. But he'll voice act anything like that's the big thing right now is Chris Pratt will put his voice on anything. So it's really weird that he's not
1: involved, but he's getting Garfield money now. So,
0: yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But when his like face pops up and then it's this weird not matching voice, (laughs) I'm like, what is happening?
1: That is (laughs) a little weird. I think that was the case in maybe not the other. I think there was a piece of DLC for the first one that was based on the new movies. I could be wrong, but I think that he was also in it like his face, his likeness, but not not his voice.
0: Yeah, not his voice. So so, yeah, I mean, there is there is a lot of um, like voiceover work and it's those characters that are telling you kind of like what you have to do and what your next steps are and stuff. And once you're done the campaign, you unlock the other modes and there's actually three other modes in this one. So there's a sandbox mode, which I think is the last thing you unlock and basically that's just like hey go ahead and and build whatever you want um there's a challenge mode which is essentially like do this certain thing and also we're going to time you very specifically um and then there's the chaos mode which is actually um oh man i'm totally blanking on that one now it's like it's more story but it's like different story <laughs> Chaos mode is um, it takes very specific moments from the movies and then puts you in a scenario and you have to do a certain thing or like you have to get to a certain outcome.
1: Oh, that is a cool mode, like more like a scenario mode where you're. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Specific scenarios of like with with stuff you're going to be like familiar with if you've seen the movies. So which I think is a really cool tie in because I mean, let's be honest, that's the reason that I started looking at this. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, it's the reason most people are like, it's Jurassic yeah. Park, right? It's not like they're, I played, I read the book. Let's go play this simulation game. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested in, I know that the first one was well received. Um, I know this one is launching day and date on PC and consoles. Uh, but uh, you, you did play the first one as well. I think you mentioned that.
0: I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I played did the
1: first they, one. do they, does it feel like they really took it and ran with it and kind of like, did did the you know uh, i don't want to say work but like you know really polish it and upgrade it or do you is feel it, like is it's an
0: update yeah well it's it's kind of hard to say because like i i haven't played through anything but the campaign like i'm still working on the campaign which is basically the tutorial uh but it's really long so um i think it's like 6 or 7 hours worth of content to play through as as your kind of like tutorial and then then the other modes unlock and the other thing that they did so some people don't like this. I'm used to this because of um the Beyond Earth game that we played earlier in the year, but um basically every time you go to a different um like location, you basically have to redo your tech tree. And so a lot of people were like, I've already unlocked this. Why do I have to do it again? And I'm like, no, you have to like pick and choose your path based on your challenge. Like that's really interesting. So I think some people that was a change. Some people didn't like it. I don't mind it at all. I think it's fine um if anything i find it to be like an interesting kind of extra decision point and then uh yeah they didn't have as many modes in the original and also i find that like there's and it might just be so keep in mind when i played the original was like i want to say like two years ago maybe more so i don't remember like being down in like a a third person over the shoulder view while controlling a vehicle. Hmm. And you have to control two different vehicles. Eventually, you can like automate them, or at least you can automate your ranger teams. But basically, there's like a helicopter that you have to fly. And then from the helicopter, you have to like go into aim mode. And then you like jump into this like sniper dude who tranquilizes the dinosaurs. So basically you take the helicopter out to try to find the dinosaurs. Then you have to tranquilize them. And then you have to like mark them with a flare for another team to automatically, thank God, fly in and come and pick them up with the with the proper equipment. So uh, you have to, yeah, you have to do the, the helicopter flying and, and shooting of the tranquilizers manually. And then you have to go into the ranger things and you go into these ranger jeeps and into like the different paddocks and stuff, and you have to get close enough to the dinosaurs to be able to assess like their um health and fitness and and comfort levels and all that kind of stuff that you have to manage because you're managing basically a theme park slash zoo, like it has all of the trappings of those like major management sims, except it's dinosaurs. so you very much have to, like, drive right up to them. And again, you're like, third person over the shoulder trying to drive this like Jeep while also look at the dinosaur. It's just awkward. And I'm like, you know, I understand. But you can also like click on the dinosaurs and then it does the cool zoom in, which is like part of the the whole uh, appeal of this game is that like the dinosaur models look awesome. Like the graphics are great. The animations are amazing. Like they look like real animals and they move like real animals. And they have like the, the, especially the larger dinosaurs have like the weight and heft to their movements and their like sounds and um, like footprints in the sand and everything else that really make it feel like they're, you're looking at a, at a movie of a dinosaur (laughs) sort of thing. Like they have a lot of realism there. I say realism when like, obviously nobody actually knows what they were like being around dinosaurs, but yeah, exactly. They were real animals at least. So uh, so yeah, like, it, it does have that, um, like, click and zoom part to it. And personally, I feel like that's all I need is, like, I want to just be able to click on my dinosaurs and see what their health is and do that zoom in and see the cool models and all that kind of stuff. I don't need to try to drive a super awkward freaking little Jeep into the paddock in order to assess the health. Like, eventually, you can build a ranger station and, like, automate it. And that's fine. But I'm just like, man, <laughs> like, that was that was my least part like my least favorite part so far is just trying to, to use those vehicles. I'm like, oh, this could have just been automated and I would have been totally fine with it. Like <laughs> it is. Again, odd, keep yeah. that like keep that God mode type view, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no need to get down in the nitty-gritty stuff.
1: Yeah. I think it it's really odd that they they've implemented this more. It sounds kinda like tour mode where you're driving through and, and well, kind
0: of, yeah. Cause you can, it is, it's like a free driving, like you're not on rails or anything. You can drive wherever you want. So, I mean, maybe in like the, the chaos mode or the sandbox mode, I'll want to get down on the ground a little bit more, but I doubt it because like, I, again, I don't play these games for that kind of view. Like I like simulations and managing budgets and managing health of animals and doing all of the things that you do in a theme park simulator. Like if, if this was like roller coaster tycoon, I wouldn't want to click on the janitor and have to like sweep my mouth back and forth to like make him sweep the path or something stupid. Like, like you don't get down to that nitty gritty gameplay in these kind of simulation games. So I'm hoping like so far, I haven't been able to automate the helicopter to go find the dinosaurs. I kind of hope that I can, but you can definitely tell that that's the sort of thing that they added to fit, the theme of the movie, which is, oh my God, all the dinosaurs got out, (laughs) right? So we got to go get them. So they kind of had to add something along those lines for gameplay, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's it's my least favorite part of it so far. And I haven't gotten there yet, but one of the things that they did add in Evolution 2 is you can actually do aquatic pens, which Mm. is really cool. So you can have like big, like the... Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but like Mosasaurus or whatever. I know the big, huge one that was in the moat <laughs> in Jurassic World.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah, a Mosasaurus. You can
0: you can have one of those, and also the one that's in like the trailer too, where like there's the surfers and the big wave, and then all of a sudden there's just this giant dinosaur underneath them.
1: Yeah. Should I just go that watch guy. Jurassic World? Like, I feel like, I although those movies are, I don't know, like. They're all right, I suppose. The,
0: oh, the, my God. I love them so much. The new like, ones. I am the old ones are, are really good. But. Oh, yeah. No, the new ones, too. I just I'm mm. such a sucker for all of them. Yeah. I don't even care if they have plot holes or whatever.
1: I just oh, man, I love oh, them. It's not the plot. hole. I think like the, the first one coming back, Jurassic World, I really, really, really loved it. And any critiques that people had felt like, well, yeah, you could apply that to all of them. They're bringing back dinosaurs. Like, it's kind of like, it kind of hand waves a lot of stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> um, But uh, I think the second one has some issues. The second return where it's like, it going in some cool places, but then it's like, no, it's just a bunch of rich people, uh, you know, uh, bidding on dinosaur weapons. <laughs> like, literally laser targeted raptors yeah. <laughs> so like that's like okay. oh yeah.
0: it was absolutely absurd yeah. i'm not gonna sit here and argue that it was oscar worthy but that doesn't mean i didn't freaking love it
1: <laughs> okay no that's fine and it's you know like, what it's
0: like dr evil with the sharks with lasers on their heads like that is exactly what they did except is... they tried to take it seriously and i love that they took that that they had that take
1: <laughs> it's kind of weird though like when you like a lot of the issues people have with the jurassic park movies is like the thing they look at the thing the example I just listed it's like it's present in the film but it's totally really not the point like while that's going on the the movie is more so focusing on the fact that there is like a a literal like monster dinosaur you know chasing our our heroes and there's even like a cloning subplot
0: yeah there's that's basically the exact same like message through the entire thing is like there's our hero, core hero group, and they're being chased by dinosaurs. That yeah. is the formula for every single one of these movies, and it's here, so it's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't matter what's going on in the background or the foreground. It's just no. it's Chris Pratt and, uh, you know, Ron Howard's daughter running around. Uh, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it's like no but i think that the uh it's kind of funny you know they 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 brought out these simulation park builder games and um i feel like it took long enough to get to there i know there are some other ones that came out before evolution but i think that it's really nice that they did do a sequel i feel like this was probably time to come out with the new film which was supposed to be out by now but got delayed um due to covid but i think that it's really nice that they they have this game out now. I'm sure it's going to have tons of DLC, including stuff for the movie. And um, I'd be really interested to hear how it operates on console, because I really felt the first one um, lacked that, that, uh, that sort of polish and, and bringing it over to a controller UI. Because there are some great console-specific RTS simulation games, and they find a way to make that work. And... Um, it felt like they literally just mapped the the keyboard and mouse to the controller, which is is never is never good, especially when you're six feet away from the screen. But uh, yeah, like so would you recommend like if someone had skipped, you know, evolution like the sequels, like a much more polished, much more like focused on the movies type experience? I mean, the chaos mode alone sounds like really neat from a from a scenario standpoint
0: yeah I mean, I think both games are really good. It is a lot more of the same like they they did add a few new dinosaurs and a few new ways to to kind of cage them and then you've also like like you said they they have this chaos mode with the scenarios from the movies like but it is like mechanically a lot more of the same, which is fine if you if you enjoyed the first one or if you enjoy like theme park simulations. Like, this is very much in the vein of, like, Roller Coaster Tycoon and Zoo Tycoon and those kind of games, which I have loved. So, like, if you like those kind of games, you'll probably like this one, too. Plus, it has that, like, Hollywood polish to it. So, I mean, you might want to wait for, for a sale if you're not sure. I mean, it is quite an expensive title. Like, it's a it's a full AAA price tag, Um and I know like it has in the past, like the first game, it went on pretty crazy sales. I know like uh, after it had been out for about a year, you could pick it up for 20 or 30 bucks. So um, the, it is the type of franchise that will go on a pretty deep sale if you want to just wait a while. And I think it's fine. Again, like this isn't a multiplayer title. There's no like missing the boat sort of <laughs> like FOMO happening here. Like the, you don't have to play with everybody else. So I think it's it's perfectly valid to to wait for a sale on this one. But uh, but I'm really enjoying it. I really, really am. So I'm gonna have um I'm gonna get through the rest of the campaign and I'm gonna try out chaos 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 mode for you guys next week. Um so do stay tuned for that. Um, wanted to remind everybody that we are still doing our extra life campaign. If you go to bitly slash tgi extra life twenty twenty one, we have a couple team members that have not hit their goals yet. So if you wanna go um help out either Alex or Josh, we would very much appreciate it. I know um Ryan and I at least are going to do a Christmas stream. And I think we're going to try to either jump in on Alex's streams over the month of December, or maybe have another one or two streams of our own. So keep your eyes open for that. But again, if you do want to uh, go and help out our teammates, we would very much appreciate it. Are you laughing
1: at me? No, I was <laughs> laughing because I thought of something Uh we probably won't jump in with alex because he's got one more stream and it's phasmophobia i don't want to put it out there oh
0: like yeah no playing no phasmophobia. no yeah, not i'm sorry exist. alex yeah no. we're we'll support you from afar
1: <laughs> yeah we'll be over here um probably
0: being like, ourselves <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that and i'm sure that game has just got scarier as they figured out more
0: well that's the ways. thing right like i know how terrifying it was when it was buggy and there wasn't a lot to do and it was like pretty straightforward and stuff when we played it a year and a bit ago on like our last extra life oh man i don't want to see that game with more polish
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i hear they did make it scarier like you can't hide anymore <laughs>
1: what? that's terrible what <laughs> why why would you like that's like your one line of defense was to hide and it worked and it was still scary but um now it's just like whoever gets caught first and i don't know
0: yeah i think basically it's like somebody gets caught every haunt so i think what they wanted to make you do was like um make sure that you were managing like those those ghost levels instead of just like pushing 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 to try to get through it as quickly as possible or whatever or not caring about the haunts you know so anyways phasmophobia not gonna happen nope. <laughs> but alex we wish you all the best of luck uh that brings us to the news portion of the show and surprise surprise we have more activision blizzard news <laughs> that's not a surprise not at all uh, i know i'm just i'm so sick of talking about this and i really wish they would just fire bobby and we could move on but uh yeah um basically what's happened in this last week is that PlayStation or Sony um Xbox Microsoft and Nintendo uh, have all spoken out and addressed the Activision Blizzard situation and basically saying like hey we are not cool with what is going on over there um and which is a pretty big deal to have like your three ma- well I was I mean really four major if you want to like lump, Microsoft in with PC, I mean, that's that's basically like all the major platforms coming out against your company saying like, hey, these are terrible business practices and you're being horrible to your employees.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that I, I think, you know, Phil Spencer is uh, head of Xbox and he he will often comment on the industry. I think he's usually available for comment and um, he's always He's always available to sort of offer his opinion and and where Xbox fits within, you know, the realm of gaming. I think Sony is a little more, you know, held back in terms of, like, uh, putting out their comments. Um, But Nintendo, that's surprising to me. I did not think Nintendo of America would issue any sort of – this is all – this specific Nintendo was an internal response. But still, like, Mm -hmm. it's – Obviously, like they Well, they, they know... had an
0: internal, but then didn't the the head of Nintendo America actually come out and call out the ESA and say like, "Hey, you should actually make a statement on this. This is a big deal."
1: Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I might have missed that. I think that I think the ESA has because been brought forward
0: because the ESA forward. did. Yeah, so the ESA did also come forward and say like, "Hey." not cool guys not cool and uh and said that nintendo's uh basically calling them out didn't have any impact on them that they were going to make a statement anyways but (laughs) i mean like it's kind of funny that like nintendo calls you out and then the next day you're like here's our statement we were totes gonna do this the whole time yeah i was (laughs) like we
1: were just finalizing the yeah you know just getting
0: the language down uh, (laughs) like you're not you're not fooling any anyone guys but thanks for coming out yeah
1: ESA has a lot of issues, but I think that from Nintendo's perspective, like it, it, it's it's odd to see you know comments coming out independent from Nintendo of Japan. Like this is Nintendo of America, and I think that uh, it's pretty it's great to see Nintendo come out because honestly, I did not mm-hmm. expect that. Usually, they will just stay silent on this, um, not this specific type of story, but like in in general of of commenting on the industry because they usually try to like stick to their own stuff, you know, and even though they are a platform holder, like they do the Nintendo way, they don't really comment on, you know, their competitors or uh or other other pieces of hardware, but I think that we were talking pre-show, I think like really the only other thing to come out would be I mean, I hadn't even thought about Xbox being also basically Windows PC, right? Mm-hmm. So which is the platform of, you know, PC gaming is Windows you could argue that like while there there are no activision games in um in the windows store i don't even think they launch activision games on steam or epic it's all within the blizzard activision launcher but at the end of the day there is still some partnership between microsoft and activision in terms of publishing on the pc like even if it is down to just hey we got an app you know like there's still that connection and I think there's still yeah. like that that they're uh, still
0: on the they're still in the ecosystem
1: exactly so like you could argue that like, oh, well Activision's fine they have their own their own app or whatever but I, I still think at the end of the day there is enough of a connection that these comments can should make a difference like the fact that it's funny like when we talked about it last week I thought oh no he's done like he, he Bobby Kodak will have to retire or, or uh, resign, resign rather um, which, and, and like, oh, there's no way that'll happen. Yeah,
0: you were, like, you were sure and I was like, mm-mm.
1: Yeah, but now <laughs> it's like, I think that you're looking at, you know, these companies coming out and, and commenting on, on the situation, and, um, it's just not it's it's not again it's not blowing over like the you know people are fed up and really there has to be change at the top
0: the really interesting part of all of this is that the financial community is really starting to take notice which was an issue with this and has been an issue with this since july when the story first broke is that For whatever reason, because it's video games and and entertainment, even, even you can say entertainment in terms of like TVs and movies, like stuff like this would be dealt with a lot faster. But because it's video games, there's this almost like stigma in terms of like financial and tech journalism where it's just like, oh, it's just games, like whatever. Like it's just kid stuff, you know, like they get really shrugged off when it comes to some of these like larger umbrellas. Which is crazy because as we know, video games make more money than like so many industries. Like they make just hand over fist, they're making money. So you would think that video games would be one of those industries that would have a microscope on it. But for whatever reason, it hasn't been that way. And now within this past week and with all these other uh, platforms uh, like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo speaking out, those things like, you know, Financial Times and like... Washington Post and and kind of like those those bigger entities that normally wouldn't like because we're used to like IGN articles and Eurogamers and all those kind of stuff like that's where we're hearing news about this stuff but now it's making it to mainstream financial media which is a big deal and I think is going to put a lot of pressure on the board because there's a lot of mainstream articles now that are also calling for Bobby Kotick to to step down and uh, I mean. In the end, I I obviously very much think he should step down. He is obviously the biggest part of the problem. Um, You know, he knew about a lot of stuff. He threatened employees. He's, you know, the, the buck stops at him in terms of decisions of how the company is run. So getting rid of him is like step one. And he did so... Uh, He had the most weaselly of all weasel statements uh, this past week as well, saying that he would consider resigning if the workplace issues aren't fixed quickly. And it's just like, okay, first of all, you gave no actual specifics. You just said, like, with speed. It's like, okay, but do you mean like next week? Do you mean like months from now, years from now? Like, there's no definition in here of how fast you think this process should go. Also, you're the one with the most responsibility out of anyone. And it's like, I wouldn't pick the person who broke everything to be in charge of fixing everything. Like, that's not how things work. Like, you obviously had the chance for the last however many years to fix the way your business ran, and you didn't do it. You've had plenty of chances. Get the fuck out. Like, I'm so done with this guy. (laughs) So... Everyone was like, oh, look, he's going to resign. No, he's not. He's trying to get Fire Bobby Kotek to stop trending on Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think he will be gone eventually. I still stand by what, I, what my thoughts were last week.
0: He'll be gone if the board actually turns on him, which they haven't done yet. Although, like I said, there's a lot more pressure now from outside companies and from like financial institutions and and things that I think the board will actually pay attention to because that's one of the big things that like as much as I think people want to feel like boycotting a company is going to do something it really doesn't the where the pressure starts to come from is when you know the big boys with the big dollars start throwing their weight around I think it's it's you know what you actually do with your money as a consumer like it feels bad and it sounds bad but like your 20 bucks to blizzard's not going to make or break them so where it's actually going to start to impact their bottom line is if shareholders don't have confidence in the company because again share prices of companies don't actually come from the value of a company we saw that with gamestop like gamestop didn't suddenly like gain a hundred times its value in revenue It's just that all of a sudden people decided, hey, let's all put our money in this one place and the stock price went through the roof. Stocks do not reflect the value of companies. So the only way that the board is going to stop backing Kotech is if things like their business partners leave. If like Xbox says, hey, you haven't cleared up your, your issues and we don't want your next call of duty on our platform. Like, those are the kind of things, that's the kind of weight that's going to get Bobby Kotick fired. So we'll have to see how this all goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't take his, his oh, I'll resign if we can't fix this. Yeah, I, I take that with the biggest grain of salt. Like, he didn't actually say anything or promise anything in that statement that he made. Um, they've also put a workplace initiative in at Activision Blizzard. It's basically a committee But it's led by, and this is again so much of the problem. It's led by board members. It's all of the like upper management. It's like, you guys are the fucking problem. And again, same logic that applies to Kotech applies to these guys. Like, you broke it. You can't fix it. Like, get other people in. Like, you guys should be out. I'm sorry. Like, any other company that had these kind of issues in any other industry. They all would have been fired, and they would have brought other people in. I don't know why gaming is in this freaking bubble,
1: yeah. i have, I have no idea. I think that uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch this story as as it continues to evolve because again, it's not the tone isn't changing. Like it's very much still. Bobby Kodak needs to go. There needs to be serious changes of at Activision Blizzard. And I think that the story we saw last week was just a confirmation that they just have not changed they have not shown that they're willing to change and the stories that continue to come out are showing the, the, that they still yeah. are not interested in, in well i mean in even with,
0: with such a little thing as poor jen like
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they could have made that such an easy pr win if they just paid her the same as the dude and they didn't like you were already being sued by the state of California and you chose to hire a male and a female for the same job, same job title, and then pay them differently. Like how fucking stupid do you have to be? So like, I just, these guys can't fix it. They won't fix it. No matter how much pressure you put on them, they're going to look for ways around doing the right thing. We need people in charge of Activision Blizzard who are actually going to do the right thing. And until all of these, you know, upper managements and everybody's replaced. I they're they're just a terrible company and it's it's going to remain that way and fuck Bobby Kotek. Um Arcane, <laughs> League of Legends animated series, a totally 180 here, uh, is getting a second season, which is pretty cool cuz um I don't know if you guys have actually had a chance to start watching Arcane. I believe all the episodes are out now. Um it's really good. Mm-hmm. I as someone who knows nothing about League of Legends, I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I have not watched more than what we discussed uh, last episode. And I know we've we've uh, talked about finishing it and and having our overall thoughts next week. Um, But it's very odd for Netflix to announce uh, a renewal so soon. And I know that um, they usually will announce it pretty quick when there is a long turnaround time for stuff. So I know with The Witcher, they announced a second season like pretty much before the first one came out. And this is pretty in the same vein of like an animated series, a lot of work, a lot of prep time. So to see a second season get renewed so soon just means that they are that much closer to, uh, to releasing it. But I don't, I don't see it coming until like 2023 if, if maybe further down the line. Um, But uh, yeah, it's really good to see it get renewed. I think that um, as I said last week, I did not anticipate a league of legends show being this entertaining and this this uh just of that caliber i mean that sounds bad but like i just i know you know video game adaptations are getting better when i feel like they are really putting forth i just felt like there's so much effort put into it and i i'm so glad it's getting a second series because it deserves it it deserves a second season it deserves more stories to be told In this world, and that's just me going off the first three episodes, but I know that, you know, people's thoughts and feelings on it uh, on the whole season have pretty much echoed, you know, what we thought about the first three episodes. So,
0: yeah, it didn't suddenly decrease in quality.
1: (laughs) No, no. And, And again, like, I think I like that now this might just be me, but I like the model of not dropping it all at once. I feel like the way they've they've done it periodically, I think that was very smart. With this series, I know there are some series that it just makes sense to drop the whole season, but I think with Arcane, it made sense to drop it in arcs, where I think they were doing like three episode chunks at a time. And I thought that was a really cool way of doing it, a good experiment. And um, I hope they continue.
0: Well, yeah, I think with Arcane specifically, because it was designed in three, like, not separate, but three distinct story arcs. It was almost like um they it, they made like a mini series and this was season one, two and three. Mm-hmm. so um, I, I think in this case, it made sense because it was designed that way like you had a fairly decent like like closure, I guess at the at the end of the third episode in each section. but then, you had enough of like a cliffhanger to still want to watch the next group of episodes but not to the point of like oh man i want to watch it like right this second like you could kind of like stop and think and and appreciate the the three episode chunk that you just watched without like you know like it, it gave you time to to digest it and really understand it before going into the next thing which sometimes you miss when you when you binge stuff so this was obviously meant to have that space and that bit of breathing room and and had those self-contained storylines and i think that that was uh for this specific show because normally i am a fan of just let me binge it i hate week-to-week releases why i don't watch network television anymore like i want to binge <laughs> so um yeah i think that but in this case i think um, it made a lot of sense and speaking of video game tv series uh Mass Effect fans, Amazon wants to make you a TV series, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, that just seems like a a solid fit. I think Amazon has been that uh, platform that is just like, we've got a bunch of money. Let's bring like a dream to life. I think I'm not a Wheel of Time person. I know of it. I know it's this beloved franchise that is like, quote unquote, impossible to adapt and uh, Amazon is willing to to tackle it. I think they're doing Lord of the Rings in the same vein. They revived the Expanse, so them doing a Mass Effect TV series uh, makes sense to me. I think if you look at any other platform, kind of looking at Mass Effect as a franchise, I, I think I would trust Netflix. But outside of that, I think it's it's a tough sell for me. But I think Amazon has really proven that they're they're willing to put the money into at you know adapting a complex um uh, ip you know um i don't know anything about wheel of time whether that went over well or not
0: <laughs> i haven't i haven't watched it yet but uh but yeah i think that uh in terms of and and we talked about this a little bit on the instance but um in terms of universes that have a lot of lore that are very big and have like super long epic stories that they're telling with lots of side characters and side quests and world building those make good tv shows those don't make good movies because you just you have to try to condense it way too much um i think that uh when you're looking at things like mass effect and you're looking at things like even like league of legends i was surprised how much um like lore and stuff they have built up already through runterra but like those things they just need space to breathe they need time to introduce you to the world and the characters and you can't do that well in two hours. Whereas something like Mario or Zelda, you can like you can do that in two hours because you can basically tell whatever story you want because they don't have super complicated like world building. Um, so I think that uh, this is the right choice in terms of making Mass Effect. Like I wouldn't want to see like a Mass Effect movie. I feel like a Mass Effect movie would end up in the same vein as the Warcraft movie. And that makes me very sad. So I would <laughs> yeah. much rather see a TV series and uh and yeah, see where they where they want to go with that. Um, even if the TV series could kind of like cover off some of the questions that you had at the end of Andromeda, because they like that ended on a cliffhanger, right? And now they're doing Mass Effect five. That's just like Andromeda, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's just go back to Liara. Everyone loved her. <laughs>
1: oh. I fully expect, um, I feel I, I, this is the other thing I really feel that, uh, when it comes to Amazon, I, I I also feel like we've gotten to the point where not just necessarily just Amazon, but we've gotten to the point where adaptations are an adaptation of, of what the fans really like about the franchise. Like, I don't think they're going to make a mass effect show just be set in the universe. I think they are going to adapt, you know, the, the shepherd story and, um, you know, in past years you might think, especially with a movie, like that's a great point, you could see them being like, well, we can't do the shepherd story because that would be too difficult for a movie. Um it'd be too difficult to, to you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to make everybody happy. But as a long form, yeah. you know, television show, I think that's much more uh doable. So I I could see us getting a the shepherd story through through a television series. I think that works really well and I mean, you could probably adapt the first game into a movie. But again, I think that's the reason there's stories out there. That's the reason it fell through or it was in development hell for so long is they just couldn't figure out a way to do it um, in in a two hour span.
0: There's also, at least for me, the problem with choosing Shepard is because of the way the Mass Effect games were designed. I mean, overall, you're playing through the same story, like you're going to hit the same major beats, But, like, how you get there, what characters survive, what your shepherd character is like, because everyone's shepherd character is different, depending on like how Paragon or Renegade you went. Like, some people's shepherds, I'm sure, are total assholes. And like, (laughs) some people's shepherds are just absolute saints. And then there's probably a lot of that are a mix of in between that, you know, chose to take. Like pathways where you know your shepherd really cared about like genocide of different species and was super against that and was like, We should help the Krogan and also don't kill the Geth. And you know, like these are all sentient beings. And then there's probably other people that had totally different causes that they were they were down for, and they were, you know, like, oh, the Krogan, no, we hate them. Come on, get rid of them. Like <laughs> they're gonna kill us all. So, like, there's just so many different ways to play your shepherd that i imagine just from a personality standpoint there's probably going to be no matter what they do with shepherd a lot of people that are like what that's not how i played <laughs> or like that's not how my story went or whatever or like that's not how i pictured him or her which is a whole other issue right <laughs> yeah
1: i wonder how they honestly i feel like if they do the shepherd story they probably play um uh, because it's a tv series they can kind of Um, pull from all sides of the shepherds for a lack of a a better way to explain it
0: one shepherd character makes sense yeah (laughs) like like, in one episode they're like yeah kill the (laughs) krogan and the next episode are like we should let them reproduce like no
1: well okay the binary (laughs) choices are gonna be you know they'll have those discussions but i feel like uh they will obviously have to make canon choices yeah yeah. (laughs) um or or you know This is just a, this is just a specific telling. And I think like for me um, and I know I by no means represent the entire internet here where you're right. They're (laughs) going to get outraged by them, not choosing their specific, you know, choices. But I think for me, like, as long as they nail, you know, the look and feel of the universe and, and the characters that do have a set path, like, um, or not necessarily a set path, but a, a set personality, like, your favorites like Liara and Garrus and Talon. Oh, yeah.
0: I think I think the only issue is with, like, the Shepard character mm-hmm. themselves. Like, I don't think that there's any issues with, like, the, the supporting cast, if you want to call them that. I think they all had their very specific stories, and, you know, like, they would respond differently depending on how Shepard interacted with them. But, I mean, they were their own people, their own characters and their own stories. Um, And so I think you could use them in a TV series. I think maybe you just do something different than replay the Mass Effect games, basically. I think you just, like, even if they picked it up after the end of 3 and said, like, here's all the characters, pretend nobody died, (laughs) like, let's tell a story with everybody but Shepard and just put a, a new, different Commander in place and and make them their own character instead of having to try to live up to everyone's different versions of Shepherd
1: mm. yeah, I would prefer to see like some version of Shepherd brought to the screen, but i I do understand the complexities of it and and the uh the backlash of it like there are obviously going to be changes, and um we'll see what they end up doing, but i i I think that's a good compromise like if they take shepherd out and just craft like a character in his or her place um without calling them shepherd like just come yeah, up with then a new character t-
0: and tell new stories pick up after like pick pick a canonical ending for mass effect 3 which we think <laughs> that they're already doing because we think that five is gonna tie back in because andromeda was off on its own right so um We think five is going to give us a canonical ending to three. So just take whatever that canonical ending is going to be and then like fill in the blanks (laughs) between three and five in in that specific like Earth based universe. Um, not over in Andromeda. Um, I like I would watch that show yeah. for sure. Especially since we know that there's some sort of time skip because Liara is so old. Well, not so old, but older. Older. Visibly older. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's there's time in there that they could fill in if they choose to. But we'll have to see what they do. I mean, right now it's in the Amazon wants to make <laughs> a Mass Effect TV show kind of situation. So, you know, nothing's nothing's We don't have any release dates or anything. We have no idea what's actually going on. This is like rumor territory right now. So we'll let you guys know if we get any updates and if licenses change hands and if casts come to be, we shall see. But uh, yeah, we'll let you guys know if there's any developments on that story. Uh, again if you would like to let us know what you want to do for episode 500 which is happening five weeks from now head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord and let us know your thoughts you can also follow us on twitter you can find me jocelyn at joss plays ryan is at r murphy and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in thanks for staying at the gamers in remember tune in next week bye
1: everybody bye everyone